Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, here's an idea. How about a commission to study the origins of COVID-19 and the fact that it came from a laboratory in China and that Fauci was okay with studying gain of function because, hey, if it leads to a pandemic, it leads to a pandemic. Good evening. Welcome. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Great to be with you on this Memorial Day weekend. 877-381-3811 is the number. Mark is back on Tuesday. Yeah, it came out today that Fauci, Dr. Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, you have to say that it's the law. You have to always say that. The nation's leading infectious disease doctor once argued for risky viral experiments, even if, even if they can lead to a pandemic. You know, this guy talks out of both sides of his mouth, and he has been dodging this and misleading everybody on this and denying it. And he's the one, really, from day one, who's been saying that this virus came from nature. This virus that has affected your life, my life, everybody's life. I'm in New Jersey. I broadcast out of Philadelphia. But in my state of New Jersey, today was the first day we were able to take off our masks and go into stores. And it felt so liberating. And yet I went in there and I walked around and I was the only person without a mask on, even though you're allowed to take your mask off now. But maybe where you are, maybe you've had freedom for a while now. Maybe you're in Florida. Maybe you're lucky enough. But unfortunately, maybe you're hearing me right now in California and you still don't have any freedom. My heart goes out to you. I get it. Believe me. I get it. We have been under these lockdowns and we've had these restrictions on us now for 15 months. And it all comes down to a very, very simple question. How did this happen? How did we get here? And what could we have done to have avoided this and stop it? And from day one, I always thought... You know what? This seems a little too convenient that this Institute of Virology is right down the street from the so-called wet market, which is basically a grocery store. I mean, it's an outdoor market. It's a flea market. It's it's an outdoor food market, like a farmer's market. Or if you're in Philly, you know, Reading Terminal Market. Back in the day, it used to be outdoors, but with more disgusting food, with things like bats and pangolins and things like that, even though these bats were not at that market. But from day one, people like me and maybe people like you who questioned the origin of this virus, you were called a conspiracy quack. You were told to take off a tinfoil hat. You were called a Trumper and just those crazy Trumpers with all their crazy theories. And because whatever Trump said, they had to be against it. The minute that Trump came out and said, President Trump came out and said it might have come from a lab. They said, oh, no way. It can't. In fact, it's racist for you to suggest it. And now suddenly, and it's amazing how this has happened, now suddenly everybody's realizing the same thing. Yeah, this came from a lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, right down the street from the wet market, just like I thought, maybe you thought too. And the guy who's been denying this the most, the entire time, is Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, who from day one has said, no, 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 this came from nature, nature, kept saying it over and over again. No, it's very likely it came from nature. 
Now we know that he was funding the very research that we've been criticizing this entire time, the so-called gain-of-function research, to try to figure out if they can, they can tinker with the viruses a little bit in the lab so that they can, you know, just in case there's ever an outbreak and that sort of thing. And a lot of people have said, well, why are we messing with viruses in the first place? Why are we doing this? Doesn't this seem a little dangerous for us to pay for countries like China, who hate us, to mess with viruses? Doesn't that seem a little bit dangerous? You know, it's the other day, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana was asking Fauci about that point, And he was basically like, well, how do you know they're telling the truth? And Fauci was essentially admitting that, well, we can't be sure they're telling the truth. But, you know, life's full of risks, right? Like the risk that a, uh, an actual virus that you tinker with in a lab could lead to a worldwide global pandemic. Life is just full of risks. A few years ago, Fauci had said that even if the research leads to a global pandemic, well, what are you going to do? Because the reality is it's more than likely a virus could come from nature. So we have to tinker with these viruses in the laboratory doing the so-called gain-of-function research, because if we don't, there could be a pandemic that comes from nature. Huh? Exactly. It makes no sense. We should not be messing with these viruses, but that's exactly what, what we did. And by we, I mean the United States of America, by paying China to do it. And why would we pay a country that hates our guts to play with a virus in the laboratory? Play like Beaker and Bunsen burner with, the, with this lethal, lethal virus. Why would we do that? I mean, that's the question, right? Here we have a coronavirus, very dangerous, very dangerous virus found in nature, found in caves and bats. And we're going to take that virus, give it to the Chinese Communist Party to have them play with it in a laboratory. We'll pay for them to play with it and see what happens. It's the old classic, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Turns out everything. Turns out everything could go wrong. And Fauci had once argued that conducting experiments on contagious viruses to increase their potency was worth the risk, even if the work could accidentally lead to a pandemic. So all this blew up this afternoon as I was getting ready to fill in for the Mark Levin show and very honored, as always, when Mark asked me to fill in for him. And this is all breaking this afternoon. And I'm not surprised by this. And I don't think you're surprised by this. I don't think any of us are surprised by this. No one should be surprised by this. The idea that, well, first of all, it's China. That's number one. I mean, it's one thing, I guess, maybe give our allies some money to play with a virus in a lab to try to find a vaccine or something. Maybe. Although I'm not a big fan of that theory either. But why would you give it to China of all places? And I think the answer is because a lot of Democrats really do like China, don't they? Haven't you noticed that recently? They really do like China. And they don't like when you accuse China of bad things, like lying to the world, covering up a pandemic, or yes, allowing it to leak out of one of their laboratories. They don't like when you say those things about China. They'll get very mad if you do. And if you do, they'll call you a racist and they'll shut you down. Facebook, up until now, has not been allowing people to talk about the pandemic's origins being a lab because they've been censoring it the entire time, censoring it. It violated their COVID policies. Now, it makes sense why Mark has chosen to avoid Facebook lately. I don't blame him. And by the way, he's on Parler and Rumble at Mark Levin Show. But I don't blame him for being off Facebook. A lot of people have, and this is part of the reason why. I mean, first of all, they banned President Trump indefinitely. And if you wanted to go on Facebook and talk to your friends about, hey, have you heard about this lab theory with the COVID? Maybe it came from a lab. If you want to talk about that, Facebook says, ah, that's violating our 
code of conduct that's violating our principles. Therefore, we're going to shut you down, silence you, ban you from our platform. Now let you talk about it. Then out of the blue, suddenly now it becomes okay for us to talk about it again. Suddenly, the government acknowledges, yeah, we need an investigation. It's very likely this virus came from a lab. We really got to look into this. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, Facebook lifts the ban on anyone talking about the lab theory, which in my mind is a fact, by the way, not a theory. They just magically lift the ban. Suddenly now you can talk about it. You have freedom to talk about it again on Facebook. What a joke, right? What a joke that Facebook would just do the government's bidding all the time, whatever it is. Whatever it is, Facebook will do it. So that means that if the cool kids in the government or the media or any other entity decide you shouldn't talk about the Wuhan lab, that means Facebook says, fine, we'll jump in, we'll ban it. We won't even let you talk about it. How about that? We'll go a step further. We won't even allow the conversation. So Fauci, years ago, even though now for 15 months he's been denying that he did anything as far as funding research into these very deadly viruses, he's been lying. He lied to Congress about this. I mean, Dr. Anthony Fauci should face a federal investigation. He absolutely should. Not only should be out of a job, he should be out of a job, but he should also face federal investigation and possibly for lying to Congress. He may have perjured himself. Because all these months he's been denying that they ever funded anything related to tinkering with these viruses, this gain-of-function research. That was a lie. Here's Fauci admitting now modest NIH funding of the Wuhan lab, but denying, of course, the gain-of-function, as they call it. You might have heard this clip from a couple days ago, but it's definitely worth playing tonight. Cut seven. Uh, Had a big scare with SARS-CoV-1 back in 2002-2003 where that particular virus unquestionably went from a bat to an intermediate host to start an epidemic and a pandemic that resulted in 8,000 cases and close to 800 deaths. It would have been almost a, a dereliction of our duty if we didn't study this. And the only way you can study these things is you've got to go where the action is. So I often say somewhat tongue in cheek, you don't want to study bats in Fairfax County, Virginia, to find out what the animal-human interface is that might lead to a jumping of species. So we had a modest collaboration with very respectable Chinese uh, uh, scientists who are world experts on coronavirus. And we did that through a sub-grant from a larger grant to EcoHealth. The sub-grant was about $600,000 over a period of five years. So it was a modest amount. And the purpose of it was to study the animal-human interface, to do surveillance, and to determine if these bad viruses were even capable of transiting infection to humans. Now, that's not exactly the whole story, though, because he wasn't just looking at bats and looking at pangolins and looking at animals and seeing how they behaved. In 2012, as was reported today by The Australian, in a paper he wrote, Fauci acknowledged that the risky research could lead to serious lab accidents. But he said, the chance is rare and the work is important because it helps the scientific community prepare for naturally occurring pandemics. He wrote the following, quote, in an unlikely but conceivable turn of events, what if that scientist became infected with the virus, which leads to an outbreak and ultimately triggers a pandemic? Many ask reasonable questions given the possibility of such a scenario, however remote, should the initial experiments have been performed and are published in the first place? And what were the processes involved in that decision? 
Scientists working in the field might say, as indeed I have said, that the benefits of such experiments and the resulting knowledge outweigh the risks. End quote from Dr. Anthony Fauci. This guy gave money to China to play with this virus in a lab in what is known as gain-of-function research. This guy gave the Chinese Communist Party, the government of China, money, because they run everything, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to play with this little coronavirus in a laboratory. And he justified it by saying, well, yeah, I mean, sure, it could leak out. Yeah, sure, somebody could get sick and then infect the entire world. But that's a very low risk. The bigger risk is that there could be a bad virus in nature. So in order to deal with what could be a potentially bad virus in nature, follow this logic, we have to make a bad virus in a laboratory in China. That makes sense to you? The idea that there might be a bad, 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 bad virus in nature, we have to then make a really bad virus in a laboratory in China. On the off chance, there might be a bad virus in nature. Dr. Fauci has been lying about this from day one. You and I and your life and my life, and we've seen government lockdowns. We've seen businesses destroyed. We may have lost people we loved. We've seen our kids suffering from mental health issues because they haven't been in the classroom. We're still listening to idiotic guidance by the CDC that little kids have to be masked outside when they're playing with their friends at summer camp. We are dealing with this global pandemic for 15 months. Economic costs, cost to our freedom, cost to our liberty. The government's gaining power every day, spending a fortune in the name of COVID. All because this guy funded the kind of research that any reasonable common sense person would have said, A, you don't do, and B, you certainly don't do in China. You certainly don't give China the money to do this kind of research. What are you, nuts? What are you, crazy? This is the problem. And now the truth is coming out because you can't suppress the truth. But understand the reason why you've been told you can't talk about this. The reason why you were called a conspiracy nut if you did talk about this lab idea. The reason why you were called tinfoil hat conspiracy person if you did talk about it is because all roads led to Fauci. He's the guy that wrote the check. And they had to do whatever they needed to to try to protect him, the exalted one. So in order to protect him, because he had his fingerprints all over this, they had to silence you and call you names and insult you and put you down and call you a crazy crackpot. Meanwhile, you were right this whole time. I was right this whole time. Common sense was right this whole time. And Fauci was wrong. Very, very wrong. 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is the problem when you put all your faith in government and bureaucrats and agencies and departments. Turns out they really let you down. But we know that because we're conservatives. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Coming right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, 
the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. I want to hear from you tonight. I want to take your calls on this, 877-381-3811. I'm a fellow Levinite, so it's always fun to fill in for Mark. Always appreciate when he asks me to do so. Today is really a, a I'm fired up today, as you can imagine. You probably can hear it. Because this news about Fauci saying, acknowledging that, yeah, you know what? We could cause a global pandemic, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I guess you could make that argument if the money, the research was just going to be in the United States of America, maybe. But the idea that you'd say, hey, China, go ahead. Here's a virus. Go play here. China, go play with it. Play with this this very lethal coronavirus and see what happens. See what you can do with it. I mean, that's just stupid. It's not even a question of of, of even apparently I've been told this guy's smart this entire time. Does Fauci not read the newspapers? Do you understand what China's a geopolitical threat to us, to a lot of countries around the world? Let's just throw this out there, hypothetically speaking. We all know that in India right now, they're having a really tough time with this virus. There's a strain of COVID that is causing the Indian people to have a particularly tough time with this. China and India hate each other. I mean, they're border countries. These two nations are nuclear powers. They don't like each other. They've had very hostile relations I'm not I, I have no knowledge. I have no way of saying that it could be true. But wouldn't we be worried that China would one day maybe want to create a bioweapon that they could use against India or any other nation they wanted in the world? We know that China has a horrible record of taking care of people. We know that China abuses people. The human rights record is horrific. They torture people at concentration camps. Why would we give that country money and say, here, go go do research Take a virus from a bat and just go knock yourselves out. See what you come up with in the, in the Petri dish. Why would we do that? You know, if we ever found out in the future that China was trying to make a weapon out of this, something Senator Tom Cotton suggested in January of 2020. You remember how Senator Cotton was mocked and belittled? You remember that? Oh, yeah. Mocked and belittled. How Dare he suggest that? We're going to talk about that because we're not going to leave any stone unturned tonight. Here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, 877-381-3811, coming right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. 
We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. And the great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia with you tonight. It's great to be with you. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. 877-381-3811. The big news of the day. Fauci once said, you know what, listen, we're going to do this research. We're going to give money to China. And if it leads to a global pandemic, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Life's full of risks. And I think you should be very upset by it tonight. I imagine you probably are, as a lot of people are and a lot of people are going to be. And for 15 months, we've all been dealing with this. You know, I was just watching, I saw on Fox News a headline flash. I think airlines said they had about $15 billion in refund. Refunds, refunds requests from customers, passengers. $15 billion. Now, obviously, they're not paying for that. You're paying for that. We're paying for that. All these airline bailouts they've had over the last 15 months. How many other companies have been bailed out? Today, Biden proposed more spending, which we're going to talk about in the second hour. More spending today. A lot more spending. Trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Lots of trillions. Under the guise of covid There are socialists out there, Marxists like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, who are saying we have to use this moment, this pandemic to change America, spend a lot of money, take care of everybody. You know, things like uh, universal child care, universal pre-K, free community college, redefining infrastructure, all under the guise of COVID. So each and every one of us has been affected by this in some way, shape or form. And obviously we know how it affected the 2020 election leading to chaos and mail-in ballots and everything else. And ultimately, former President Trump now, who was the guy who got this done with the vaccines. I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world for Operation Warp Speed. And isn't it convenient that when President Trump leaves office, that's when it becomes okay to talk about the idea this came from a lab in China. Isn't it something how, how many entities will do the bidding of China too? There's this, there's this video I saw the other day of this actor named John Cena. This guy's an actor in these Fast and Furious movies. I've never seen him. I love movies, but I've never seen the Fast and Furious franchise. But John Cena apologizing in Mandarin Chinese over and over again because he said Taiwan was a country. See, Hollywood and the media and these big news organizations, the corporate media outlets, they they all have to sell things to China and they do whatever China wants, whatever China wants, whatever they need. So let me give an example of this. The other day it was reported that the Communist Party of China was spending hundreds of millions of dollars advertising and publications all across the United States of America, including Time magazine. You know that uh, MSNBC was one of the stations early on in the day saying, if you call it the Wuhan virus or you call it the China virus, now that's racist. This virus literally came from a lab in Wuhan, China. But if you said either of those two words, it was racist. Now, for some reason, which I've never been able to understand, it's not racist to say the Indian variant or the British variant or the South African variant, but you couldn't say the South African variant of the China virus. That was racist. 
The variant part was okay, but if you threw in the word China there, suddenly became racist. And obviously that was to cover for China. MSNBC is owned by NBC News. NBC News is owned by Comcast. Comcast has a lot of television and movies to show and a lot of screens to fill in China. They don't want to make them mad. So they'll have their news entities here in the United States of America. You know, people like Chuck Todd, Rachel Maddow, Brian Williams, Crazy Larry O'Donnell. They'll come out there and say, don't you say that? It's racist. Facebook has a lot of ads to sell in China, you know, a lot of ads. So they're happy to silence anybody questioning the idea that this came out of a lab in Wuhan, China, because they don't want to upset their big customer. It's very much like all things in life really come down to the Godfather. You can, you, there, I had a poster once in college. It was like everything in life I needed to learn, I learned from the Godfather. It's one of those funny movies, like great quotes. And one of them was always, I got to wet my beak. Got to wet my beak, Godfather 2. And really, truly, these entities have to always wet their beak. And China wets their beak big time. So they're happy to do whatever China needs. And China said early on, look, this didn't come from our laboratory. Uh, Go out there and tell everybody it's crazy to do so. And the media and Facebook and Hollywood and the news corporations, they all said, okay, no problem. Hey, you're crazy to suggest it came from a lab in Wuhan, China. You're racist to say that. Don't you dare say that. This came from a bat burger, an undercooked bat burger at a wet market. Somebody ordered pangolin pancakes, and next thing you know, there's a pandemic. Don't you dare say otherwise. Here's something else, too. Explain to me how it's racist to suggest this virus came from a lab in China, but not from a market in China. That I've never been able to figure out. Think about it. You could literally have a conversation with somebody on the left, and you could say, So how about this uh, coronavirus? And they go, yeah, it came from a wet market in China. And you go, no, actually, it came from a lab in China. And they'll go, don't be a racist. You go, wait, I don't, wait, I don't, don't, you could say wet market, but I can't say lab. What's, why, why is one, I don't understand. Then again, I've never been able to deal with that sort of logic. So I just don't even have those conversations, but, but explain, I, I can't figure that out. And now we know it came from a lab. So the Biden administration has ordered a, 90-day review. But the Wall Street Journal had a great piece today. We're pretty much out of time here in getting the truth. Wouldn't it have made sense from day one? Just day one, right? Day one, you send in a team to meet with all the scientists who worked at the laboratory and say to them, hey, uh, China's alleging that this virus came from that wet market down the street. Any of you guys ever go to lunch there? Any of you ever stop on the way home, pick up groceries? Yeah? Okay, Did you ever get sick? Have you been sick recently? Yes. Did you go there recently? Okay, well, now we have a connection. Very basic. Where do people go to lunch? Where do you go to lunch? See, these scientists got sick at the lab in November of 2019, right before the outbreak started, supposedly at the wet market in China, right down the street a few weeks later. And there's definitely a connection there. And realize it was only until that information came out publicly that our government and our corporate media overlords said you could now talk about it. But guess what? We knew this a long time ago. The Trump administration was doing an investigation. The intelligence community under President Trump was doing an investigation into the origins of COVID-19. And Biden shut it down. Well, Biden's handlers shut it down. I don't know if Biden even knew there was an investigation, but his handlers shut it down. And now we're restarting it. Very convenient, 15 months later. 15 months after this happened, actually more than that, like 20 months, now we're shutting it down. Now, Now we're starting the investigation again into the origins. Does anybody really believe for a second 
that anybody who could actually connect the dots or any blood samples or vials or lab vials or anything that could prove this is still there. I keep hearing um, all these idiots in the media talk about Asian hate. Stop Asian hate. It's a big hashtag. These corporations love the hashtag. You notice that? They love the hashtag. They, they, if it doesn't cost them anything, they'll hashtag away and they'll tweet about it. And so, so hashtag stop Asian hate has been a thing. And I keep laughing at that because there are attacks on Asian people from mentally ill people in the streets of New York City and has nothing to do with the lab in Wuhan. And it happens. And yet we're told don't discuss the origins of COVID-19 because that will contribute to rise in hate crimes against Asian people. Now, that's a, a completely baseless lunatic claim. But what about all the brave scientists, doctors, virologists, all the people in China who let the world know in the earliest days of the pandemic what was happening and they've disappeared off this earth? We don't know where they are. A few months ago, CNN did a whole thing on the, the truth tellers of China and how they've all disappeared. Brave truth tellers who came forward in the earliest days. They're gone. Chinese police raided their homes in the middle of the night, dragged them off into hard labor camps. They're the lucky ones. People missing, Asian people, by the way, Chinese people, taken by the Chinese Communist Party, and now they're gone for their crime of speaking out, trying to let the world know the truth. You want to talk about stopping Asian hate? You stop the Chinese Communist Party. Because they are the chief offenders, the biggest offenders in the world of hating Asian people, their own people. They didn't care about protecting lives in China when the virus first broke out, and they lied to the world about it. And anybody who dared to contradict the government, anybody who dared to try to get the word out, gone, missing. We'll never hear from them again. And the few brave ones who were able to escape China and let the world know, they were mocked by the American media. Think of the um, truth teller who went on with Tucker Carlson in the earliest days of the pandemic. She has been called a lunatic and a nut job and a conspiracy quack and all the same things they said about people like me and you who thought this might have come from a lab. So if you, you want to talk about Asian hate, how about it's mocking an Asian scientist, a Chinese scientist who is talking about how China let this happen. How about it's, it's elite white liberals in the media mocking her and, and belittling her because she dares to speak out against the Chinese Communist Party. The hypocrisy of the people in the media in this country is amazing. But remember, it's all about wetting their beak. They got a customer to keep happy. Come on, times are tough. China is a big, big customer. Now, Fauci coming out today and acknowledging this paper that came out in 2012, acknowledging, you know, hey, things could go wrong. What are you going to do? He should have been honest about this from day one. Imagine if back in, I don't know, January 2020, Fauci had come out and said, ooh, you know, this might have actually been from a lab because we were funding this research. Uh, so what we need to do right away is do the following things. Uh, right away, need to send a team to China and uh, immediately go to that lab. Imagine if in January of 2020, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, you always have to say that it's the law, uh, Anthony Fauci had said that on TV. Said, uh, turns out, you know what, here's the thing I did this years ago, <laughs> silly me, funded all this research into changing these viruses in the lab in China, and uh, whew, wow, you know what, mm, maybe I should uh, send a team in, what do, you, what do you think? Covered it up, lied to the world, covered it up and lied to the world, we lost time, we lost lives, we lost money, 
We lost our freedom, lost our liberty. 877-381-3811. Let us go to, let's see, Jeff is in Jacksonville, Florida. Jeff, you're on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli. How are you? Hey, go ahead, Jeff, go. Florida, where the pandemic's been essentially over for six, seven months. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing good. Um, I've been being told by the media for the last more than a year that President Trump was responsible for this whole virus thing as if he was in a lab concocting this thing himself with his graphic over death toll and body counts constantly 24-7. Yet I haven't seen any blame assigned once to the WHO, zero blame assigned to the CDC, and zero blame assigned to Fauci, who's all these people's jobs is to stop exactly what happened, and yet zero blame has been assigned to them. Yeah, you're you're and not only that, not only was zero blame assigned to them, anybody who criticized Fauci was told that they're a terrible person undermining science and putting people's lives at risk. You remember that, Jeff? I, I do remember that, and I have another point about that. They fact-checked and flagged Trump's tweets and Trump's Facebook posts about talking about the Wuhan lab. But yet when I go to Facebook and I go to uh, Twitter now, I see Joe Biden commissioning the intelligence community to have 90 days to get to the bottom of the Wuhan lab leak. Why hasn't his tweet and his Facebook post been flagged and him taken down off of Facebook for questioning, for questioning that? What changed? Jeff, thanks for the call of the Mark Levin Show. Have a great weekend. It's a great question. So let me answer it for you. Here's what's changed. Trump's out of office. That's what's changed. Trump's out of office. Now you're allowed to actually talk about these things, but here's something else too. They can't deny it anymore. It's just gotten to the point now where they just can't deny it anymore. There's too much evidence pointing to the lab and they just can't keep it from us anymore. So they're going to do this investigation. Now I'll be shocked if they actually find anything, but they just can't hide it anymore. They, they have to be honest now at this point. They don't want to be. Believe me, they don't want to be. But there's too many things connecting the dots at this point. And that's the reality. And you know it and I know it. And they know it too. But first, Trump had to leave office. And then second, then they had to turn around and realize that, you know, there's just what can we do? There's just too much here. We cannot hide this. So now you can talk about it on Facebook. Think about Facebook always doing the government's bidding, the bidding of the left, the bidding of the media. Think about that for a second. Facebook, which pretends to stand for freedom of speech, wouldn't let you entertain a theory, think about it, that is now under investigation by our government. Let me say that again. Facebook, up until a few days ago, would not let you talk about a theory that is now under investigation by our very own government. So when people say that uh, the media and uh, and and the Democrat Party and social media and and, and corporations and all these other people uh, are really not trying to push an agenda or a message or a political position, when people say that they're full of it, because this is all the evidence you need. They're all in on protecting China. Very sad. How many lives could have been saved? That's the question. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show coming right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. 
And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. like some answers i like to get to the truth i think we deserve the truth i think the world deserves the truth and we have to make sure this never happens again by the way next hour we're going to talk about all the money they want to spend in washington it's a lot of it a lot of it they're spending using covid as a justification as they just dramatically try to reshape america again using covid as the justification to usher us further down the road into marxism Something Mark just wrote about, by the way, in American Marxism, which is coming out on July 13th. Mark your calendars for that. Let me quickly go to Kevin. He's in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Kevin, you're on the Mark Levin Show. How are you doing? Hey, Rich. It's Kevin Pulse. Good to hear from you, Kevin. What's on your mind tonight, my friend? Yeah, the $64,000 question. How likely is it going to be that Fauci's actually even going to get called on the carpet and anything's going to happen to him? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. All right, Kevin. It's a good loyal Zioli Army member there from back home on my station at WPHT. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, the answer is probably nothing. He'll get away with it, right? I mean, it seems like these guys always get away with it, don't they? They always get away with it. Bureaucrats hide for each other. They cover for each other and they hide for each other all the time. And that's what Fauci is. He's the nation's highest paid bureaucrat. And they cover for each other. I'm always amazed by that. Somebody asked me today, they said... Um, Rich, what's happening with the Durham report? Remember the Durham report? We don't even talk about the Durham report anymore, do we? What is happening with that? I saw President Trump tweeted about that the other day. What's happening with the Durham report? I don't know, but it kind of goes to what I said when they announced the Durham report. I said nothing's going to ever happen. Nothing's going to come of this because the bureaucracy will always protect itself. Mark calls it the Leviathan. Whether you want to call it the deep state, the bureaucratic state, the Leviathan, whatever you want to call it, the administrative state, it is people that are so entrenched in Washington, they control everything. They're career people that run our government. Our government is not actually run by people that we elect. Our government is run by the people that work in Washington day after day, year after year, decade after decade. And they don't care who's actually the secretary of this or the secretary of that. What they care about, you understand, is being in charge of all of us, always. It's what they want, power. Hour two on The Mark Levin Show, coming straight ahead. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
A whole lot more spending today proposed by Joe Biden. Trillions with a T. Trillions of dollars. And uh, it's going to radically, radically redefine, well, pretty much everything. Everything as America lurches further and further towards, yes, socialism, yes, Marxism, all under the name of COVID-19. Good evening. The great one is off tonight. It is me, Rich Zioli, with you on the Mark Levin Show, 877-381-3811. Great to be with you tonight. It is a, of course, very important day on Monday, Memorial Day. We stop, we honor, we thank, remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country, our, our freedom, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights. Please remember to do so on Monday. I'm sure you will. You know, as I think about the way things stand in America right now, I always remember that famous quote that was said years ago, which is, you know, never let a great crisis go to waste. Democrats are very good at that. You know, never letting a good crisis go to waste. And they're using this COVID to spend money like crazy and to absolutely usher in a new era of socialism. Joe Biden The supposed moderate. Remember the great Mr. Moderate, Mr. Great White Hope moderate? He was the guy that was going to unite America. Come on, man. He was going to be a little bit of both. He wasn't some radical. Not only has he offended every pro-life person in this country, many whom, by the way, who may have made a mistake of voting for Biden. Yeah, I have some friends who are Catholics and Christians and they're pro-life. And they said, well, yeah, but Biden's not going to do anything about it. It doesn't matter because Trump is orange. And so we have to vote for Biden. It doesn't matter. Well, today, Biden announced that he was getting rid of the Hyde Amendment, the Hyde Amendment, which prohibits your tax dollars from funding abortions. Now, you 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 may be somebody who's pro-choice. I'm not on pro-life, but you may be somebody who is and still think people shouldn't have to pay for it. But the Hyde Amendment was the one thing standing in the way of the government paying for abortions with your tax dollars. And Mr. Catholic, Mr. Big Time Moderate Joe Biden just destroyed that. He, he, he buried that once and for all, as he would, as you knew he would, because Biden was never a moderate. It was always BS. It was always a talking point. It was never real. And he's spending so much money now. I mean, it makes FDR seem like a moderate. That's how much money the guy's spending. Mr. Interment, as Mark calls him. Today, Biden announced another $6 trillion in spending, this time around for everything under the sun, everything you can imagine. What what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You want free this? You want free that? You want it? You got it. No problem. The first budget announced by Biden today, funding for infrastructure, health care and education on top of everything else he's already proposed up until now. They're seeking $1.52 trillion for the military and domestic programs in the fiscal year 2022. But remember... A lot of that comes from trying to make the military more woke. You know, you got to pay for wokeness. Also, forget the idea of getting America out of endless wars like President Trump wanted to. The Biden administration is looking to expand America's presence around the world. No doubt about that. Even though it's not going to actually benefit America, it's going to benefit our our enemies. But, you know, what are you going to do? He's looking for 8.6 percent increase from the 1.4 trillion enacted last year, excluding excluding not counting, emergency measures to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. The proposal would shift more federal resources from the military, which would see a 1.6% rise in spending next year. They're going to move that to domestic programs such as scientific research and renewable energy. So let's understand what's happening here. He's playing a little game. He's going, yeah, I'm going to fund the military, but what I'm going to do then is once the military's funded, I'm going to take money from the military and use it for all my domestic nonsense. Scientific research, renewable energy, that's going to get 16.5% more funding 
under the president's plan in 2022. 4.5 trillion over the next decade on infrastructure and social programs. Infrastructure, as you know it, being roads, bridges, the kind of things that actually get Americans to work. Under this administration, and exactly like the Marxists like it to be, it includes everything from, let's see, Bernie Sanders said eyeglasses, hearing aids, teeth. I believe teeth also counts as infrastructure now. Certainly uh, child care is infrastructure. Elizabeth Warren said that. It's child care. Preschool, child care, is, that's also infrastructure. Yep, that's infrastructure too. Uh, picnic lunches? Yeah, why not? Throw that in, throw that in too. Good, good, good. Everything you can imagine under health care is now infrastructure. All right, so if somebody needs a cane, which they may legitimately need, that is now considered infrastructure because that person needs it. So that's how we define infrastructure now is anything somebody needs. Now, they're also going to provide universal preschool and ensure teachers earn at least $15 an hour. Does anybody really think teachers are earning less than $15 an hour at this point? That's going to cost $3.5 billion in 2022. Then there's also another $8.8 billion on direct spending on families, affordable child care, paid family leave, and all these costs go up and up and up. $13 billion for high-speed broadband, $5 billion to replace lead water pipes. And some of this stuff is legit infrastructure, but it's all packaged with the kind of nonsense that makes people go, uh-huh, how do you justify that as infrastructure? Let's talk about the child care stuff for a moment. I have kids. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. And uh, childcare during COVID has been very difficult for everybody I know. A lot of my friends, their kids are still not in the classroom. Still, to this day, which is amazing. Some of them do this wacky hybrid thing. I don't understand this. I think it's got to be one or the other because the kids will go in for two days and then they're out for three days. They're like firemen. They're on for two days and off for three days. And, and it's very difficult for parents to plan accordingly. So you've had parents had to stay home. It was said that women now are the people that left the workforce the most. And the answer is because of childcare. So they propose now spending billions of dollars on government funded preschool. But who caused the problem in the first place? The government. See, government loves doing this, right? They love to create a problem and then spend your money to solve that problem with more government and more spending. So up until COVID-19, we didn't really have this crisis in child care. I mean, there were issues with child care, certainly, obviously were. But then all of a sudden, they closed all the daycare centers. And they uh, sent our kids home. And they said, your kids have to learn at the table. And we can't allow kids to go back to daycare centers. And uh, you have to figure it out. And so for 15 months now, people have been trying to figure it out. And it's been impossible to figure out. It's impossible to work and also have your kids at the kitchen table when you're trying to educate them because you can't send them to school and they got to be on Zoom all day. It's impossible. So the government created the problem. They literally created the problem that millions of Americans are dealing with right now, which is how do I deal with my children? And then they came around and they said, we're going to give you billions of dollars to send your kids to government preschool. And we're going to start the indoctrination at age three. So you and I both know that public school is truly, utterly indoctrination camp. No doubt about it. Critical race theory, America sucks, everything else that they push out all the time. And now your kids will be in school starting at age three in government, government indoctrination camp. And here's the best part, too. All these teachers that they hire, because it's not going to be daycare. They've made that point very clear. We're not going to put these kids in daycare. This is going to be school. So the very same teachers unions that we've been battling with all this time, 
Randy Weingarten are little friends at the American Federation for Teachers who've been saying up until now to keep the kids home wasn't safe. Remember, it wasn't safe. This is a gigantic spending spree for them. This is a direct jobs plan for teachers unions. They'll get to hire a whole lot more teachers now who will become members of their unions. Got to wet my beak, right? Got any of those membership dues. So the government's going to spend billions and billions of dollars to solve a problem it created. It's not going to really solve it, but to solve a problem it created, the child care crisis, by giving the unions essentially billions of dollars of our money so that they'll have to hire new teachers and build new schools and then get more members for their unions. Nice work if you can get it, right? And a lot of parents don't want to send their kids to government indoctrination camp starting at age three. And this is going to really hurt private daycare centers. Because for a lot of those daycare centers, they've been arguing this whole time. You know, your kids come, have fun, play. But the government says, no, no, we want, we want your kids to go to school and learn what we tell them to learn. We'd like to start the indoctrination as early as possible. And then we're going to throw in free community college on top of it. So then what the government's going to do is make a high school diploma completely useless. Because everybody will now be able to get two years of college paid for by the government. Which is going to make a, an associate's degree useless too because now it's going to be like everybody has one. And not everybody wants to go to college and not everybody should go to college. But the government wants to keep you in indoctrination camp as long as humanly possible. And certainly doesn't want everybody in the workforce. They'd rather have you in the classroom. So that's in this budget too. Now, remember something. The great Mr. Moderate Joe Biden was going to work with Republicans. Remember that? He's going to sit down with Republicans and figure this out and work with them. There are no Republicans who want to support this. None. They've all said this is way too much money. This is insanity here. They've all said, look, we can't count teeth and hearing aids and eyeglasses as infrastructure, Mr. President. We can't do it. But he doesn't care. Biden doesn't care. Because he's not actually a moderate. That was a that was a scam. You know that. It was a scam. You got scammed. We all got scammed. Not me. I knew it from day one, but not you. You're smart. You're a Levinite. You knew that. There are some people who probably got duped. There are other people that their hatred of Trump was just something they couldn't overcome. And so for them, listening to Biden say, hey, listen, man, I'm a, I'm a moderate. Come on, man. I guess it was good enough for them. Debt held by the public debt held by the public would rise to... Um, Hundred point eleven point eight percent, hundred eleven point eight percent in twenty twenty two, surpassing the level of debt seen in the wake of World War Two. There'll be a deficit of one point eight four trillion dollars in fiscal twenty twenty two, which comes to seven point eight percent of our gross domestic product, down from a deficit of three point six trillion dollars in fiscal year twenty twenty one. When emergency government spending to battle the COVID-19 pandemic added to the red ink. This is from the Wall Street Journal, by the way. Now, you're going to have more deficits and more spending and more deficit spending and more debt and all of this. And the biggest expansion of government you've ever imagined in your lifetime. From literally now, from from age three up until age, what, I don't know, 23, whatever the kid gets out of the second year community college. For some people might be earlier, some might be later. I don't know pure indoctrination campaign for because again democrats love creating crisis so in this case child care i've got friends who are actually now dealing with the fact that they don't know if their kids are going to be in the classroom in september they don't know they really don't know 
And they don't believe the Democrat governors anymore in places like New Jersey when they say so, because they know that guys like that guy, well, he's up for re-election, so he's going to say whatever he has to say. But they've seen the reality. And they keep hearing, of course, of the teachers union warning about variants and everything else. And they're nervous. They're concerned. They're very nervous. But the answer is not spending billions of dollars on government child care. The answer is to just open up schools. The answer is to open up our economy. The answer is to get people back to work and to get kids back in the classroom. That's always been the answer. It's always been the answer from day one. It's not the answer that they wanted because that would have solved, actually solved the problem. And taking away their excuse to spend billions and billions of dollars solving a problem that they created, which is not actually going to solve the problem. Because the only way to solve the problem, as I just said, is to get kids back in school, period. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Got a great guest coming up a little bit after 7.30 about the, uh, the so-called January 6th commission. We're going to talk about that. Uh, the Republicans stopped it today, rightfully so, by the way. And it's a, it's a shame, it's a travesty for anybody to compare it to 9-11. We'll talk about that coming up here on the Mark Levin Show. But, you know, everything I'm telling you about all this spending that's happening here, Mark has been preaching about this, writing about this. And he talks a lot about it in his book, American Marxism, which is coming out on July 13th. You should pre-order it. You'll see how the left uses these excuses and creates problems so that they can throw money at those problems and then try to expand government and socialize America and bring about the socialist utopia that Mark also warned about years ago in Ameritopia. So definitely pre-order that book, July 13th. Let me go to Ernie. He's in uh, Bedford, Massachusetts. Hey, or Bedford, where are you? Bedford, Maine, I guess, right? Should know my states a little bit better. Ernie, uh, you're on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli. What's going on, Ernie? Yeah, hi. Uh, I love your, love your show. I uh, really like the great one. And, and I listen to a lot of his shows. And he is so spot on. But I wanted to say again, back when uh, this COVID thing started, we were finding out, yes, it came from China. And they're saying, well, it came from the Wuhan area at the wet market. And... Uh, so on and so forth, and then all oh, some somebody says, "Well, look, there's a there's a virology lab just four miles away from this wet market. 
Well, you know, that hits you like a ton of bricks. At least it did me, and I'm sure many millions of other people. It only takes common sense to figure out, hey, this thing escaped. Somehow somebody got infected at the lab, intentionally or unintentionally. But it just couldn't, it didn't come from natural resources, you know. <laughs> uh, and here we are. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. You think about it, too. Where do people go to lunch, right? You work at a at a virology lab, you leave to go to lunch like other people leave their jobs. And when they had this outbreak back in November 2019, and then a few days later at the wet market, they say it came from the wet market. Obviously, if they'd been honest with us, they could have gone and done an investigation and asked those scientists, where do you where do you guys go to lunch? Then maybe they could have connected the dots. But actually, I think the wet market was just an excuse from day one. I don't I don't even think there was even an outbreak there, actually. Well, Ernie, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I mean, I'm sure there were people who got sick there, but I think it's like anything else. The outbreak spread, and then it spreads in public places. So it it spread to the wet market after the outbreak had happened at the lab. In November 2019, scientists got very sick working at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Those same scientists probably went and brought groceries at the wet market or went to other places and had dinner. It makes sense. People do that. Now, if Fauci had not been such a liar from day one, if he had come out and said, listen, I funded this gain of function research. I did it because we know he did it. So if he had just been honest back then instead of lying all these months. Maybe they could have in January dispatched a team to go to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and say, hey, listen, you know, Dr. Fauci acknowledges that he funded this, although modestly to do this research and even said at the time, hey, look, you know, we could be causing a global pandemic someday, but but the risks of a pandemic from nature far outweigh the risks of a mistake in a lab. But now we have what looks like to be a mistake in a lab. So we'd like to come to the lab and investigate. Imagine if they had done that in January of 2020. How many lives could have been saved? How many trillions of dollars could have been saved? Instead, they lied to us. Yes, they did. Coming up, Republicans kill the so-called January 6th commission. Many people are freaking out over this idea that they killed this, this bipartisan commission. But a lot of people have said things that are completely irresponsible about it, including the fact that it was going to be another 9-11 commission. Straight ahead. within speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811. And it is great to be with you tonight. Rich Zioli in for the great one. Mark will be back on Tuesday. Special best of on Monday for Memorial Day, of course. But thanks for being here tonight. We appreciate it very, very much. You know, the idea of forming a January 6th commission to rival that of the 9-11 Commission is something you've heard a lot about from the left. They've been pushing this incessantly. Well, there's a whole other side of this, too, which is how offensive it is to anybody who's been affected by 9-11 to compare it to what happened on January 6th. And here I want to welcome to the program. Deborah Burlingame is a wonderful person who's been an advocate for the 9-11 Museum and for, of course, her brother. And we're going to talk about him as well tonight. She's got a great piece in the Wall Street Journal, which is it's a travesty to compare the Capitol siege to 9-11. Hey, Deborah, thanks for joining me here on the Mark Levin Show. How are you tonight? It's great to be here, Rich. I'm feeling well. How are you? 
I'm doing very, very well. And of course, you are a founding board member and trustee of the 9-11 Memorial and Museum Foundation and a director of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. Thank you for your work in both of those organizations. Oh, it's been an honor. really has been. When you hear people say that what happened on January 6th, which has been condemned by people, myself, Mark Levin, other people, when you hear people say that what happened on January 6th is akin to 9-11, and your brother was one of the pilots who gave his life that day, how does that make you feel? It's infuriating. Um, it, it's preposterous. It's, it's, it's so preposterous that um, you don't know whether to laugh or cry because it's... Um, it's silly. And, um, you know, they, they've compared it to other um, very serious, catastrophic um, or even huge global wars. Um, Nancy Pelosi compared it uh, uh, to the Holocaust. Um, um, you had a congressman who said it was the first attack uh, on the Capitol since the War of 1812 when the British attacked um, the Capitol. Um, it's been compared to the Civil War. Uh, it, it just gets more and more um, ridiculous. And so um, I do have moments where I find it, it it's, it's incredibly disrespectful. Uh, it, what, what, what worries me or what bothers me, uh, because it, it, I think most people understand that this is preposterous on its face. What bothers me is there are so many young people in this country now who either weren't born, uh, uh, on, weren't alive on 9-11, or they were so young they have no living memories of it. And when they hear this, it, is, um, it diminishes uh, the seriousness and the, and the world-changing nature of, of the 9-11 attacks. Um, it's incredibly disrespectful, but it tells these young people, it, it, it erases the history is what it does. And of course, this is what we're seeing the left do now, that this is what they specialize in, erasing history and, and, and changing it and teaching a completely false history. Tell us about your, uh, tell us about your brother, if you would. Uh, my brother, Chick, uh, that was his nickname because he was Charles Frank Burlingame III, and there were two other Charleses before him. So we nicknamed him, or my parents nicknamed him Chick. He, he was the oldest of four kids. Uh, we, we grew up in a military family. My dad was a career Air Force guy, and we were born all over the United States and lived abroad um, in my father's 20 years. But Chick was the oldest. He was the leader of our family, and he always wanted to be a pilot. I have pictures of him holding airplanes from the time he was um, 18 months old. Um, he started building planes uh, when he was uh, six years old, big planes, bigger than him. And um, he aspired to go to a military academy, and he ended up going to the Naval Academy. Um, he wanted to be uh, fly jets, and he did that. Um, and then he served on the USS Saratoga. He was a carrier-based fighter pilot um, for eight years. Uh, and um, then when he retired, or when he left active duty, he was a, he was a reservist for another 17 years, and he was, uh, did his service um, at the Pentagon. He's uh, he sounds like a remarkable, remarkable man who really loved his country and 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 worked very hard to do his part for our country. Yeah, he was a real patriot. He was an Eagle Scout. I mean, he was the, you know, the all-American uh, boy uh, and uh, he loved his country. It's all he ever wanted to do. But mainly he, he loved flying yeah. um, when he left uh, uh, the Navy. He immediately applied to the airlines and. Um, he used to say he he would never say I'm going to work. He'd say I'm going flying, and uh, that's what that's what he loved. 
and um, and that's why dying the way he did was so difficult because um, um, I, I used to analogize it for people. I, I, I said, you know, imagine that um, someone, your family member is, let's say, an Olympic swimmer, and they, they die by drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, for him to die in the airplane that way, um, I know, I know, Chick, that would have been a, a the worst kind of death to be murdered in the cockpit. And he fought very hard. We had the flight data recorder, which shows that um, that a, a major struggle that happened in the cockpit over several minutes. And to know that he was leaving um, his passengers and crew to these people, these killers, these terrorists, would have been a, a, a terrible way. Um, the, the terrible last moments of his life. Deborah Burlingame is my guest here on the Mark Levin Show. Her brother, Charles Chick Burlingame, was the pilot of American Airlines Flight 77, murdered in the cockpit at age 51 in a six-and-a-half-minute struggle for control of the airplane on that very fateful day of September 11th. You know, Deborah, I, I think about that. I also think about all the people who, as you point out in your piece in the Wall Street Journal, um, all the cops, all the firemen, all the civilians, the people that jumped out of the out of the windows that rather, you know, j- jump to their death and have to deal with burning alive and how many lives have been affected by this and the thousands who, 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 uh, who died and the people, the tens of thousands and, and millions who grieve to this day and what happened on this attack on our country. And... Just how carelessly people on the left throw those words around. You know, they they just throw words around like 9-11, 9-11. We need another commission, another commission. And and they really don't understand how offensive it can be to somebody like yourself. Yeah, it is offensive. It's very shallow, actually. I mean, I, I know a lot of people now from the uniformed services, um, firefighters, the police officers. You know, those firefighters, when they arrived at the, at the uh, World Trade Center, they knew that this was the fire of all fires. Remember, the, mm-hmm. the, the planes hit very high up, and, the, and, the, and that's where the fires were, high in the buildings. The, they'd never fought a fire like that, and they knew – I have a friend, uh, Tim Brown. Um, he was a rescue squad firefighter. He turned to his best friend, Terry Hatton, and they basically said goodbye to each other because um, they thought that one or, or both of them would, would die that day. And uh, t- Tim told me that many firefighters did that. They said goodbye to their brothers. And think about that. Um, that's like a Medal of Honor situation where they where they where they were climbing those stairs um, – knowing that the chances were very high they were going to their deaths, and they did it anyway. They did it anyway. That's incredible valor. And um, so uh, to dismiss 9-11 as a, as a nothing um, is, is incredibly uh, insulting to the, the memory of these heroic people. Yeah, um, 20 years and there were later, many, that... many heroic people, not just in uniformed services. A lot of the civilians, too, uh, did very heroic things. And, and at the Pentagon. Don't forget the Pentagon. Yeah. And, of course— United 93, um, they gave their lives taking that plane down, those passengers and crew. So, yeah, no, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, it, it's it's really important to remember that. I mean, the, the NYPD cops, the, the New York Fire Department, the Port Authority cops, they lost more cops that day. My dad was, uh, thank God he's alive, but, you know, he was a lieutenant with the Port Authority, lost a lot of friends that day. Uh, it, oh, sure. It's, it's still, you know, to, to it's very tough. A lot of then... Cops and firemen after that came down with lots of very, very horrible lung conditions, 
And then, of course, yes, the people, Shanksville, and we still remember that. And I broadcast mm-hmm. out of Philadelphia, so it's right in my backyard. And I, I, I think then to, to, to for people standing up and saying, like George Will, who said, I want January 6th seared into the American psyche like 9-11 – that that was what made me really upset was was that 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 idea that what people were doing that day in the Capitol building is anywhere like what happened at the Pentagon, Shanksville, World Trade Center, like how they could even think it's 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 anything that deserves the same place seared in the American memory. Well, and of course, anybody who lived through it should remember that. But I think, you know, I've had a, a conversation with my husband about this. Now, how can they do that? I mean, they lived through it. I mean, George Will wasn't, you know, you know, a five-year-old on 9-11. He was a grown right. man, um, a mature man. Um, so, you know, I have no doubt that he feels um, impassioned about what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can only think that it's, it's uh, you know, what people are calling Trump derangement syndrome. They, they are so fixated on their hatred of Donald Trump. Um, and their, I think their, their resentment uh, that someone that they consider to be beneath uh, uh, the presidency uh, or their own narcissistic view of themselves and their place in the world, that they, they just, they've lost their minds. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I would say to people, take a walk through the, the 9-11 Museum in Lower Manhattan. You'll, you'll, see, uh, you'll see a lot of very tough things in that museum. And in fact, there's a corner um, which is you have to you have to um, affirmatively decide to go into this place that deals with the subject of people jumping from those heights. Um, it, it's um, it's a very respectful uh, treatment of that. It doesn't show them um, it doesn't show them uh, it's not, it's not like moving pictures, but it, it 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 treats the subject very respectfully. But the museum felt that. You know, this is part of the history, and it tells a story, which is these people were so desperate that they were willing to to end their lives by jumping from those heights rather than burn to death. Um, very poignant. Um, and so, yeah, I would say to George Will, uh, you need to go to the 9-11 Museum and walk through it and get some humility and get a reality check, really. And and I think that, you know, what you point out in your piece, which is also appropriate, is that law enforcement is investigating people that broke the law that day. It's not like we've turned a blind eye to any of the people on January 6th that broke the law. There there have already been hundreds of criminal investigations opened up that day. There are there's going to continue to be FBI investigations. It's not as if people are turning around and saying, well, uh, if, if you don't want a 9-11 a commission, which they equate to the 9-11 commission, if you don't want a commission like that, well, that means you want everybody to get a free pass for what happened on January 6th. Nobody's suggesting that. Nobody's suggesting that at all. And I think that when they try to guilt people into what would be a, a an absolute political farce, political theater that day, it, it's almost like I want to shake them and say, are you not paying attention to the fact that the FBI is all over this and they've already arrested hundreds of people and there's probably more people that are going to be arrested? Have you have you not noticed that happening right now in our country? Well, the FBI has been given a mandate. And if you go to the FBI website, and I've read some of the charge sheets on these people. Uh, there's dozens and dozens of them. And they're posted. You can see uh, the affidavits written by the by the FBI um, agents that are um, handling these particular cases, the individual cases. 
You can read exactly what the people did. Um, you can see exactly what they were charged with. Um, and one thing you'll notice is that the the charges themselves are pretty um, minor. Um, yeah. They're charged with um, entering a restricted area. That's a low-level felony, but that's, that's walking to a place inside the Capitol they shouldn't be. When, when um, a lot of them were ushered inside felony. and the doors were held open for them and they yeah. were, you know, they were basically said, you know, come on in. Well, there's there's some video of of, of that uh, that's um, you know that's been basically had to be smuggled out mm-hmm. because the FBI is not sharing this video. In fact, they're denying this video to some of the defense attorneys that have a right to see it. Um, you know, Brady material. But they they've also been charged with um, disrupting an official proceeding. Um, that's also a low-level felony, and that's the kind of thing we see uh, organizations like Code Pink do all day long. Do you remember the the people that stood up and shouted and screamed at the beginning of the Kavanaugh hearings that were sitting in the the, the, um, viewing section of the the hearing rooms? That was disrupting an official proceeding. (laughs) That's a low-level felony. It's the same thing. So yes, there were there were some people who engaged in in you know pushing and shoving or actually assaulting officers, and they no one is saying that they shouldn't be um, uh, charged and and handled in the in the in the system. But Deborah, I, I listen. I, I have to that. run, but I, your piece is excellent. Again, I'm, you know, my my prayers and my best to your family, and I'm I'm grateful you wrote this piece. We'll post a link to it, of course. It's a travesty to compare the Capitol siege to nine eleven. More than 3,000 children never saw their parents again. On January 6th, Congress returned within hours. Thank you very much, Deborah, for coming on the show. Deborah Burlingame here on the Mark Levin Show. Deborah, God bless. Have a a wonderful weekend. And and, uh, again, you know, all my best to you and your family. Thank you, Rich. And we will be right back here with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Straight ahead. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. You know, I think what Mitch McConnell said about this uh, this commission and why he didn't want to see it happen, I think, is uh, a lot of merit to this. And again, you know, Mitch McConnell was was one of the one of the good guys, right? I mean, the left loved him after he condemned President Trump after the events of January 6th. He said, "I do not believe the additional extraneous commission that Democrat leaders would want would uncover crucial new facts or promote healing. Frankly, I do not." 
believe it is even designed to do that. Mr. McConnell said he would continue to support against the rioters and stand by his unflinching criticisms of Mr. Trump. Now, again, I, nobody who said they don't want to move forward with a commission thinks that there shouldn't be criminal investigations. It's a matter of having every night the Democrats do what they do, which is to use this against every Republican in the country who wasn't there on January 6th and had nothing to do with it. And of course, all the peaceful people that were there on January 6th who also had nothing to do with it. And the people that were there on January 6th who walked into the building that day and didn't try to kill Mike Pence, because you keep hearing about that. Uh, It would become a farce. It would become a theater. It would become nothing other than more nonsense. And Democrats had their chance. I mean, they 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 impeached the former president. Everybody remembers that, right? They impeached him. They had hearings on this. It was national news. It was day in, day out, over and over and over again. I think I think with the people that don't want this, it's not that they don't want there to be justice around it. They just they don't want more political theater at a time when America is already so incredibly divided. They don't they don't need it. They don't want it. And this would be what Democrats do. They would leading up to, by the way, an election year next year. They're not, you know. The timing of this is is incredible, right? I mean, they would be doing this to lead into a re-election next year and to try to make every single Republican as if they they walked in wearing, you know, horns on their head on January 6th. Every Republican in America, every Trump voter in America. And for all the 99% of the people that had nothing to do with the most egregious acts of that day, which is pretty much everybody you know, what what do we have to get dragged through this for in a political farce? That's That's the point that the people that are against this are making. It's not, they're not saying what happened was okay. They're not saying what happened was no big deal. That's again, more twisting by the left. That's what the left does. They take it, twist it to their own ways and make you think, well, the Republicans think it's no big deal. Don't fall for it, by the way. Don't don't fall for it. It's don't play their game. Just don't play their game. Nothing good ever comes from it. Hour three of the Mark Levin Show is coming up next with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Don't go away. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Are you tired of being banned by social media? Are you tired of social media telling you what you can and can't talk about? I know I am. I know Mark is. Good evening. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. It is hour number three. Mark is off tonight. But you can always, of course, find him on social media, but not Twitter, not Facebook, Parlor and Rumble at Mark Levin Show. But for tonight, I'm with you. It's Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, where I broadcast on 1210 WPHT. It's great to be with you tonight. So, you know, Facebook had said you couldn't talk about the COVID lab leak theory. They shut that down. They banned President Trump indefinitely. Uh, Twitter, same thing. You know, the arbiters of truth, the arbiters of information. Here's my question, though. Who is watching the arbiters of information? Who are the, the watchers of the of the watchers of truth and justice? Who who are the people doing that? Has anybody ever asked that question? When Facebook makes its determination 
but you can't talk about this because it's not based in science. And then we find out that the people who are making the science keep changing the rules and making it up as they go along. Who's watching them? In other words, who's watching the people that are the scientists that, that then apparently give Facebook the green light to let us talk about things? There shouldn't be anybody. I mean, nobody should be in that position. You should be allowed to talk about whatever you want. You should be allowed to. But under the guise of keeping you safe and healthy, they don't let you. So now think about this now. You lose your First Amendment rights under the guise of your health. Years ago in um, New York City, they went on a war on salt. Remember this? And then they banned big gulps. Big gulps. Couldn't have too big of a drink size. That health commissioner was a guy named Tom Farley. He wound up coming to Philadelphia to become the health commissioner there. And that guy would come on TV all the time. He'd talk about this and that. Then they instituted a soda tax because it wasn't good for you to drink soda. Uh, then they wanted to have safe injection sites for heroin. So you'd pay more for soda. But in Philadelphia, you could go shoot up with heroin. And again, you can't. It's illegal to buy drugs. So I guess they had provided for you when you got there. I'm not, I don't really know if it was BYOH, bring your own heroin. I, they never really said. Then COVID happened and they shut down the plans for that. And then, you know, everything changed. But what always amazed me was during the pandemic, you had all these different people out there protesting, marching for justice. And I remember my idiot governor, Phil Murphy of New Jersey, at one point he said, after people were violating his own rules, his stay-at-home orders, after George Floyd's killing, People were out there protesting. He said, well, listen, 400 years of racial injustice. Who am I to tell them they can't protest? Well, this is what I mean. If you want to go to a political fundraiser, if you want to go to church, if you want to do any of those things, they told you you couldn't do it for your health, for the good of your health. They've talked about doing taxes now on the kind of foods you eat. We have a sugar tax on soda. They talk about a sugar tax for food. They talk about calorie controls, portion controls. You know, one of the biggest things that offends me are calorie counts on menus, I went today, it was National Cheeseburger Day, so I had the most delicious cheeseburger today. I like it medium rare. I do. I love it. That's how I like a nice, juicy cheeseburger. But I don't want to know how many calories are in my cheeseburger. I don't want to know. I don't want to know how much fat, sodium, salt, I, don't, I could care less. In fact, when I look at those things on a menu, it ruins my experience. So I would like to be able to opt out and say, you know what, I, I'd like the calorie-free menu, please. Can you give me the menu that doesn't guilt me? I just want the calorie-free menu. Can you do that for me? But there's a federal law under Obamacare that these restaurants have to show you how bad the food is you're eating. And if you don't want to know, well, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I guess cover it up maybe, hide it with your hand. Then we get to a whole new level of keeping you safe and healthy, which is don't let you talk about certain things on social media, like the Wuhan lab theory, for example. Facebook is the worst. It really is. Twitter is pretty bad, too. But these companies are the worst. They've decided for the good of your health, you can't exercise what in any other day would be a normal free speech exercise. So remember, you're allowed to go out of your home and protest if it's the right protest. But otherwise, a protest like keeping your business open, you'd get arrested during the pandemic. But violating the quote-unquote stay-at-home orders and going out and protesting in the name of racial justice, you get the same Democrat governors who would lock you up for opening up your business, cheering you on. But Facebook would go a step further and say, you can't even talk about certain things. We're going to shut you down. We're going to silence you. So they have this weird policy. And, you know, for a while, anybody who questioned the lab leak theory, well, they were also censored.
the updates, the guidelines, the guidelines that Facebook put out, which basically said that if anybody puts out anything that they decide to be misinformation, they'll shut it down for the good of your health and the good of everybody's health. Independent third-party fact-checkers to debunk misinformation. So they wound up debunking anyone talking about the idea that COVID-19 came out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now tell me about what about that puts anybody's health in danger? What, what about that endangers your health? Can someone explain that to me? Because I can't figure that out. You know, Facebook would say, well, we're not going to let you post things like drink bleach, even though nobody ever said that. But they'll say, we're, we can't let you do that because that, that, could, that could hurt somebody. Those words could then, somebody could do that and then we have to block that. But, but somebody explain to me how keeping you from talking about the origins of the virus actually then could have hurt the health of this country. Facebook has reversed course, obviously. They said information changes over time. And responsible organizations, social media outlets, and fact checkers alike make decisions based on the best information available, but remain open and willing to change their evaluations as new information arises, they say. So now you're allowed to talk about it. Now you're allowed to talk about the idea that COVID came out of a lab. You can have the conversation. Look at you. Congratulations. But it was only after the government said, you know what? There might have been a lab leak that you were then allowed to talk about it again. So who's checking the fact checkers? Who's checking the fact checkers that say talking about this on Facebook would would endanger health, would, would hurt America's efforts to fight the coronavirus? Who's checking the checkers? That's what I want to know. I'd love to know. Now, let's talk about the fact of you and I live in a day and age now where the government will happily, these liberal politicians, these Democrats, these leftists, will happily shut down your freedom of speech, happily destroy your business, happily lock you in your home, do all those things under the guise of keeping you healthy. But if you protest something they agree with, they'll actually march with you. Tom Wolf is the governor of Pennsylvania. During the stay-at-home orders that protesters were breaking in Pennsylvania, he was marching with them. And they weren't even social distancing, by the way. Same thing with Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. And the list goes on and on and on. But again, if you were to talk about something on Facebook, not even go out and protest, they'd shut it down. How dare you talk about that? So now that the world has acknowledged now what we've already known, which is the virus came from a lab, What are some of the excuses being given out by the left? So Zeke Emanuel, who's a doctor, Philly guy, he's one of uh, he's one of the death czars. You know, he loves the idea of people having to end their life at a certain period of time. That whole thing, you know, don't live too long. It's very expensive. So at some point, you know, you know, the old neck, like the finger across the neck. Anyway, this is Dr. Emanuel. It doesn't matter where the virus came from. He was one of the guys who from day one was always like, no, listen, this came from nature. How dare you suggest it came from a lab? Now that we're all talking about the lab theory, well, now it really doesn't matter where it came from. Cut three. The majority of elements within the intelligence community don't think that there's sufficient evidence to assess whether it's more likely that it was a natural occurrence or that it was a laboratory accident. What is your sense, based on this information, of how this happened? Look, I think everyone's being honest. We don't know. And one of the reasons we don't know is China hasn't been completely transparent with all the data, including the uh, 
blood samples from the people in the Wuhan Institute who got sick early in November. Um, we need all the data and we need transparency. And we do need the Chinese to participate because, you know, the real issue is not how did this happen? The real issue is how do we protect ourselves from the next pandemic? Uh, and how do we have a kind of early warning system uh, for whether it's naturally occurring or a laboratory leak. We still need to protect right. ourselves so we don't have three, four, five, ten million people die unnecessarily. Got that? The real issue is not how this happened. I mean, who cares how this happened? The real issue is the next one. No, actually, I care how this happened. Let me let me raise my hand, Doc, and say, actually, I care. I'd like to know. I'd like to know how this happened. I really would. Because you know what? If we can find out how this happened, we can actually prevent the next one from happening. Imagine that. So, no, it really does matter how this happened. Also, what about holding China accountable? How do we do that? We all know it came from a lab. We all know that it was either an accident or they did it on purpose. We all know that it was either an accidental leak because they had terrible security or they were testing it in the wild. All these things we got to figure out. But how do we hold China accountable is my question. Now, there's a bill they pass in, uh, they want to pass in Congress. And this bill would basically allow you to sue China if you experienced any of the harms of COVID-19. Who's, does anybody really think China's going to pay up? Does anybody actually think they're going like, to write a check? Give you a show. So we're so sorry what we put you through with the with the lab. So here you go. Here's it. Maybe we just shave it off the national debt, right? Which you're about to pile on trillions of dollars more to our national debt. Maybe China will help us out and maybe take, you know, take a hundo off or something for us, right? How do we hold China accountable is the question. The answer is if the Democrats get their way, we never will. Because it doesn't matter in their mind. China, they love China. We've got to protect China. We don't really want the truth. And we could have always known the truth from day one. This is former State Department official David Asher. So he was on Fox News with uh, John Roberts was talking about this. How even from the earliest days of all this, they really doubted the idea this came from what is known as zoonotic transfer. The idea that came from a bat or a pangolin or some other animal. Always doubted this. Cut two. Just to set this up for the folks at home, this is the investigation that we were reporting on yesterday that was shut down in the spring by the Biden administration. You left that investigation about the end of January or so. What was that investigation finding? Well, we were finding that uh, despite the claims of our scientific community, uh, including the National Institutes of Health and Dr. Fauci's NIAID uh, organization, that there was almost no evidence that supported a natural zoonotic, uh, 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 you know, evolution or uh, source of COVID-19. I, I, I came into an investigation uh, doing a compliance report related to the bioweapons treaty. And we said, you know, OK, let's look at the both 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 sources of evidence, natural uh, zoonosis, as they call it. You know, it came out of nature or did it come out of a lab? And uh, the data disproportionately stacked up as we investigated that it was coming out of uh, a lab or some supernatural source. But but at that point in time, the person who was overseeing this, the undersecretary for nonproliferation, Chris Ford, you say didn't really want to entertain this idea. 
No, no, he, he seemed uh, disinterested. He said, even if we uh, came to it, how do we know where it came out of what lab? I, I, I very rarely in my in my life in government have I ever encountered someone who's more of a negocrat, uh, less a bureaucrat than that individual. Uh, uh, I, I, I rarely say that I encountered disgraceful behavior in government, but uh, I did actually on this occasion. A lot more to come here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Coming right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. I'm just tired of the left always thinking that they can control my choices, my health. I mean, what happened to my body, my choice? But they're always doing that, right? They're always trying to decide for us because for them, it's all about control. And they know it's better for us. They know it's best for us. They know better than you. You shouldn't put that burger in your mouth. It's bad for the environment. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. bad. So we're going to guilt you with calorie counts. And uh, we're going to decide what you can talk about, what you can't talk about. We're going to decide which businesses can stay open, which ones can't stay open. We're going to decimate industries in this country. And we're going to censor speech. All in the name of your health. For the good of your health. It's amazing to me. It really is. uh, 877-381-3811. This is The Mark Levin Show. Let me go to uh, Michael in Golden Hills, California. Michael, I understand you're a veteran, sir. Thank you for your service. Yes, I am. Thank you. Can you hear me okay, sir? I sure can. Go ahead. Okay. uh, Thank you for your service, and thank you for Mark Levin's. And also give a shout-out to the veterans. And I have a couple questions for you. Um, can you patent a, vir- of, a virus? An can you patent a virus? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert in patent law because I'm not an attorney, but uh, I would imagine you probably could patent a strain of something, I would think. Yeah. Why? Well, years ago, my son sent me a, a link to a, to a virus. And so a while back here, I decided, well, could there be a patent on coronavirus? And I Googled it, and there's a patent on coronavirus. There's a patent number. tells you who the inventors are. tells you how long the anticipation or how long it's going to be before it expires. And the expiration date on it is 2035, July 23rd. And it gives you the inventors, and they're not Chinese. 
Erica I don't know. I, I don't know, Michael. It's the first I'm hearing about it. But but listen, thank you for the call. Thank you for your service. And I appreciate your message to all those who've given their lives for our country. I appreciate it very, very much. So God bless you, sir. And God bless all those who served. I just, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Can't really speak intelligently on it. I don't like to speak on things I don't know about. It's an old uh, lesson my mother taught me, you know. Try not to speak on things unless you know them. Certainly I'll look into that, my friend, and thank you for that. What I do know, though, is that um, anybody should be allowed to talk about anything that they want. I mean, that's that's the thing about America, right? You're supposed to be allowed to talk about things. You're supposed to be allowed to pursue theories and ideas and hypotheses. Think about this lab theory and the fact that the hypothesis of whether or not it came from a lab was immediately shot down by Science Under the guise of science, it was shut down, and your ability to talk about that was also shut down by the very same people. But also think about it from the perspective of what was encouraged during COVID. Remember, it was encouraged to raid a local business if they were violating social distancing guidelines, but not if the same people that were in the same state were marching in something that the government wanted. That's, that's picking and choosing winners and losers, which speech to protect, which rights to protect, and that's not supposed to be government's job here we are right now 15 months into this pandemic we're getting closer and closer to an election year and one thing that i've realized and i think you have too is that when we're thinking about the record spending that's taking place in america what you should know what i should know is that they're going to continue to use this spending money for the good of our health our mental health our physical health our children's health and all of this is going to give a lot of us a lot of heartbreak AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. Facebook's back at it again, by the way, this time censoring COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy. So if anybody on Facebook is questioning whether or not the vaccines are effective, any side effects, children using them, anything like that. Facebook will also censor that. Hat tip to the Federalists for this. Facebook suppressing comments and posts expressing doubts about the COVID-19 vaccine. With anything, anything that might doubt the vaccine's effectiveness. And what Facebook says was reducing the visibility of these comments represents another significant opportunity to remove barriers to vaccination that users on the platform may potentially encounter. 
according to Facebook. Project Veritas first reported the censorship after two whistleblowers shared leaked documents demonstrating how the big tech company is testing algorithms to limit the spread of vaccine skepticism. Now, all I'm going to say to you is, again, Facebook choosing what you can and cannot talk about for the good of your health, while they'll also cheer on people who during lockdowns would go out and protest things, is absolutely, absolutely hypocritical. So again, who's checking the fact checkers? If Facebook says this violates our our fact check rules, our policies, based on fact checkers, independent fact checkers, I want to know who's checking the fact checkers. Because I know people that have legitimate questions about the vaccines. They should, should their kids take them? How old should the kids be when they take them? What are side effects? Pregnant women take them? I mean, and anything like that that's out there, the algorithms and criticism, all the other little things the spiders do on this, we don't even know. We don't even understand it. We can't even figure it out. Well, then they'll say, ah, 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 no, 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 you can't talk about that. You silly person with your freedom. Get out of here. Come on. They decide for us. They'll make those determinations. Isn't that helpful? And meanwhile, they're still banning a former president of the United States of America from their platform. It's absolutely amazing to me. And they've become so powerful. They've become way too powerful, all these social media companies. And to go back to what I said something in the first hour, much of this is really about protecting people that pay to advertise on their platform. You use it for free and you're the... You know, you're the product. They sell you. You go on there and then they they chart you and put you in a little box and they sell you. They sell your data. You're the product that they sell. And a lot of people buy that data. And these are the very same people that want to make sure that the kind of stuff they're putting out doesn't offend anybody. So a lot of these companies very much want Facebook to do this. You, know, you can't have a platform where people are questioning things like what did China know and what what. What did China hide from us? Can't have that. China's a very big customer, you understand. By the way, this whole thing with the lab theory finally coming out after months and months of the media and social media mocking it, belittling anybody who believed it, and of course censoring it, censoring the speech. CBS News actually chalked this up to vindication for President Trump and for Trumpers in general, by the way. This was an amazing report. As the media now has to eat bat, eat crow, eat pangolin, whatever you want to say. Now the media has to acknowledge what we've already known. And they also now have to come around and go, yeah, you know, really the people in the Trump administration have been saying this for day one. And it's kind of is a little bit of a victory lap for them. Right. Cut one. This statement from the president was very candid about the fact that there is still disagreement within the U.S. intelligence community about where the COVID-19 virus originated. He said that, quote, the U.S. intelligence community has coalesced around two likely scenarios. Some in the community lean towards the theory that COVID emerged from humid contact with an infected animal, but others now lean towards this laboratory accident theory. Many in the intelligence community, he says, still don't think there's enough information to make an assessment either way. And that's why he now wants them to redouble their investigations and get data from China. So far, however, China has rejected the lab accident theory and it's been unwilling to share information. And so the White House hasn't said whether and how it plans to compel China to hand that information over. Now, interestingly, when Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins, the head of the National Institutes of Health, 
Health testified on the Hill yesterday. They said that they still believe it's most likely that this virus emerged naturally in nature, in part because that's how viruses typically spread. They did concede, however, that a lab accident is possible, that more research is needed, and it's a vindication of sorts for Trump-era officials who long argued that they believe that this virus originated in a lab only to be dismissed in part because some of their anti-China rhetoric. No, it was dismissed because you were covering for China, CBS News, and every other news organization out there. It was dismissed because social media said, you can't talk about this because we don't want to upset our customer, China. Same thing, the big media did the same exact thing. Again, remember, Comcast owns NBC. NBC owns MSNBC. Comcast has lots of movies and TV shows they want to show in China. That's why actor John Cena was apologizing in Mandarin for calling Taiwan a country. No, no, the reason why it was laughed at and mocked was because China told you to laugh at it and mock it, and you did, you, you did China's bidding. That's the reason why. That's why. But who holds the fact checkers accountable? Who holds the people that said to Facebook, you know what? You should censor any conversation about the lab because it's anti-China rhetoric. And, 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 and this is, again, what I can't understand for the life of me. And I think I'm a pretty smart guy. I mean, I'm obviously, you know, not, not like the most brilliant guy in the world. But how is it racist to say that the virus came from a lab, but not racist to say it came from wet markets? In other words, how is it anti-China rhetoric to say it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but not anti-China rhetoric to say it came from the Wuhan wet market? How how is one anti-China rhetoric and the other one's not? I I can't I can't even under anyway. So Fauci in twenty twelve he said, you know what? We're going to do this research and we have to study these viruses and we got to tinker with them. We got to play with them a little bit of gain of function research. And if we have a global outbreak, you know what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Who holds the fact checkers accountable? I keep wondering that question. Now. One of the amazing things about this virus that we're dealing with now is how the left has used it to radically change America. They have used this now to expand the size of government, used it to spend trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Hillary Clinton was bragging that Joe Biden has this amazing moment right now because of the coronavirus pandemic to really remake America. Bernie Sanders has said, you know, this is our chance. And Elizabeth Warren has said the same thing. Let's use COVID now to expand our definition of infrastructure. This is what the left does. They take these moments. They take these crises. They create the crises in many cases. And then they use the crisis as their justification. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at AMAC.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. As we think about our coming Memorial Day and we think about all those who've given uh, the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, our liberty, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, the president today spoke in front of several members of the military. And, um, yeah, kind of, I guess, I don't know, maybe the teleprompter didn't have all the words here, but that whole life, liberty, you know, cut eight. We hold these truths to be self-evident. But all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, including life, liberty, etc. Life, liberty, etc. The other stuff. Life, liberty, and that, you know, the other. He actually once before did the exact same thing, you know. Cut number nine. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the thing. You know the thing. Come on, man. You know the thing. What are you looking at me for? I, come on. You know you you know the thing. Go, you know the thing. Life, liberty, et cetera, exactly like it's written in our founding documents. Life, liberty, et cetera. It's literally, it says et cetera, and it's written in that, you know, that kind of weird Sanskrit they used to use back then, 50, 60 years ago, whenever they wrote it. Come on, man. You know that. All that stuff. Life, liberty, and, you know, Levin. Life, liberty, and Levin. Actually, he meant to say Levin, Mr. Producer. I think that was the thing. He meant to say life, liberty, and Levin every Sunday night in Fox, and he just got – he stumbled a little bit. Understandable. Completely understandable. <laughs> it happens. Thank you for promoting that, Mr. President, and promoting life, liberty, and Levin. Uh, listen, it's been a real honor to hang out with you tonight. I always enjoy when my my friend and my mentor, Mark Levin, asks me to fill in for him from his hometown of Philadelphia. It's always a, a real honor and a pleasure to be with you, my fellow Levinites. So thank you. And on this Memorial Day, please say thank you. And remember all of those who've given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, our liberty, our constitution, our life, our liberty, and, you know, the other stuff. Uh, We're only free because of those who've been willing to serve. And a lot of people have paid a real, true, ultimate sacrifice that so many people in this country just truly don't appreciate. So we do, and we thank them, and we honor them. We say God bless, and God bless America, and our troops, and our first responders. And I say thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, a blessed Memorial Day. Never forget. Thank you. This is Rich Zioli for The Great One, Mark Levin. Mark Levin.